Welcome to the Faith Women Podcast. We're a community of women at Faith Baptist Church in Youngsville, North Carolina, that desires to honor the Word of God, to support our church, and to encourage each other as we know, grow, serve, and go. Through these episodes, we'll be introducing you to our ministry team, sharing truth from God's Word, and challenging you to grow in your love for the Lord and those He's called you to serve. We're so glad you've joined us. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for coming today. I want to start off by saying that I've felt a lot of inadequacy to share this breakout session because I've struggled and been weak at times in this area of loving our neighbors and and reaching the lost. But I've also seen the faithfulness of God to work in my weakness and to through me, even as a weak vessel. And so today I'm going to testify to that and not to my own expertise. I want to start off with a story that I think will show that. So go back with me to 2003, 20 years ago, and I was in college. Money was tight. I was at NC State University, and I was paying cash for my gas. So after filling up my very large red Chevy pickup truck that I got from my grandpa, I um, paid for the gas and then went to the pump to start pumping. While I was pumping, I really felt the Lord put this like feeling on my heart or this urgency in my spirit to go back inside the gas station and to ask the man at the counter if he knew Jesus. And I was terrified. I mean, this definitely was not an idea for me because it was a terrifying thought to just randomly go back in and ask out of the blue, hey, do you know Jesus? So I wrestled with the idea for a few minutes. And then I I thought to myself, you know what? I'll go in. I'll buy a drink, and then that'll give me an excuse to go up to the counter and and start chatting with this man. And I felt in my spirit, no, I want you to go up to the counter and flat out ask, are you a Christian? And so what did I do? I went into the store and bought a drink (laughs) and was not obedient in that part and started up a conversation with this man. And after a few minutes of just chatting, somehow, and don't even remember exactly how, turned the conversation to Jesus. And as soon as I did, the man's eyes lit up and he said, you're a Christian. And his first question to me is, are you bold in sharing your faith? And I was floored. (laughs) I was like, are you serious? I couldn't believe that what I had approached with so much fear, God had intended as encouragement for me. I don't even really remember how the story ends or what I said, but I know that I was definitely humbled that day. And and so I want to start off today by saying that, you know, we often approach, approach evangelism with fear, but God is offering us joy. We sometimes think of evangelism as the delivery of a well-rehearsed presentation, but God is calling us to do more than share words, although that's vital. But he's also calling us to pour out our lives into others. And today we're going to talk about loving our neighbors and weaving intentional gospel rhythms into our routine. So we're going to take a look at Mark 12 and begin in verse 28. Jesus was in the temple in Jerusalem. The chief priests and scribes and elders came up to him and asked him many questions, trying to trap him. Even the Sadducees came to him and began to ask him questions. Finally, a scribe came up and asked Jesus, 
which commandment is the most important of all. This is what Jesus said in Mark 12, 29 through 30. The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is a familiar passage, but according to Jesus, the most important commandment. So I want to share with you what I believe the most important part of evangelism is. And true evangelism starts with a heart for God. You cannot love your neighbor as yourself if you aren't loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So let's begin by talking about loving God with all our hearts. And I'm going to include soul in that as well just for the purposes of today's conversation. So loving God with all our heart means that we've discovered that He is worthy. He's worthy of our worship and the worship of every person in our neighborhood, in our family, and every person around us. And that is our motivation, is to share because He is worthy of their adoration and worship. Evangelism is also fueled by loving God with all our heart so that we love what He loves. He gives us His heart For his lost sheep. Our love for the lost and for our neighbors is not enough. It isn't sufficient. But when we love God and we have his heart, our neighbors look different. They aren't just the ones who blast loud music or don't cut their lawns or annoy us. They become actual souls that we care about. We begin to see them through the eyes of Jesus with his heart. I spent two years in Poland with the IMB over 10 years ago. I remember one night, I was tired, alone, I was frustrated. I spent the entire day pouring into relationships, but it had just been a rough day. It was snowing, it was negative 15 degrees outside, it was so cold. And I remember staring out the window of my flat and watching people, you know, walk along the street. And just prayed a simple prayer to the Lord, and just one of kind of exhaustion. And it was... Jesus, I just can't love them today. And his response to me in that moment of prayer was simple. They don't need your love. They need mine. Sarah, your love is not enough. It fails every day. We need his vision and his heart for those around us. And that leads us to rhythm one of three that we're going to talk about today. The first rhythm is to start praying. I'm going to ask you to pray three things specifically. The first is for God to grow a passion in your heart for his glory. The second is that God would give his heart for your neighbors, your family members, your coworkers, your friends, the ladies at the playground, the waitress at your favorite restaurant, that God would give you his heart for them. And don't just pray for them, but ask God to actually help you love them and in action and in deed. Because when we actually start loving others, we want to begin to pursue them with Christ's love. The third thing I'm going to ask you to pray for is for the places where God has put you, your spheres of influence. And it may seem weird for me to ask you to pray for a place, but when you walk into these places, whether it's your favorite restaurant, a park that you frequent, a gym, or your kid's school, pray for the Lord to move in those places and make you aware of opportunities. So I want to share with you an action item that I'm going to encourage you to do um, 
in each one of these different rhythms. And that first action item is prayer walk. So when I say prayer walk, I'm not necessarily saying that you talk out loud as you pray around your neighborhood, although you can. Um, Prayer walking for me is usually not interrupted. It's usually very choppy, but it's simply walking with the intention of praying for that place and the people who occupy it. And as you walk around your neighborhood or the playground, or the gym, or you're working out, pray for those that you're seeing regularly. And as you meet them, write down their name, write down their kids' names, write down where they live and anything you can remember about them. And use this as a prayer list that you can pray over daily or weekly. And to be honest, I feel like if we all did that one thing, I'm so convinced that if we pray daily for God to give us his heart for others and we pray specifically for them, that God will literally throw opportunities on our plate. And I'll share one quick example with you. Um, in, in every place that I've lived, I've, I've usually prayer walked for about a year, a year and a half before, before a really significant opportunity was put in my, in my plate to share the gospel and to see someone come to faith or to begin the journey of asking questions. Um, and so no matter where I've lived, whether it's been in the country or whether it's been in the city, I've seen the Lord do amazing things after about a year of, of prayer walking. In my most recent neighborhood here, in Youngsville. Um, it was about a year after prayer walking over homes that I met someone who had just had a baby, um, literally two months before I did. And I met her as she was walking her baby one night, and we agreed to begin to walk together. And as I began to talk to her, I realized that she was not a believer um, and began to really just pray for her. She invited me not long, actually just a few months later, to her wedding, which was very surprising. Um, but I was very excited to go to her wedding and didn't know anybody there. But my husband and I and our little baby went. Um, and as we were sitting around a table, not like once again, not knowing anyone, um, we met another neighbor. And in fact, this was actually a neighbor who I had walked by her house hundreds of times and specifically prayed over her house without knowing her. And I got a chance to meet her and found out she's a believer. And as we began talking, not long into the conversation, she said, Sarah, why don't you start a Bible study in our neighborhood and I'll invite some people? And that began to open up a door of opportunity. And it was so neat to see after having prayer walked, how the Lord literally just opened up that opportunity. And when we intentionally pray around the places where God has called us to be light, he will begin to open doors. So let's get back to Mark 12 for a minute. We just talked about asking the Lord for his heart. And for today's purpose, I'm combining soul and heart together. Um, but next, Mark 12 tells us to love God with all our mind. It's interesting that when we first see this commandment in Deuteronomy, the mind isn't mentioned, but Jesus adds it to the list here in Mark. Another passage that talks a lot about our minds is 1 Peter. 1 Peter talks specifically about being sober-minded. So we're going to look at three places in 1 Peter that talk specifically about our minds. 1 Peter 1.13 tells us to prepare our minds for action and be being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4.7 
then tells us the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. And then 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us to be sober-minded, to be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So as we see this theme of being sober-minded in 1 Peter, and so we're sober-minded and, and called to do that to prepare our minds for action. That's what we see in 1 Peter 1.13. And basically it's telling us to get ready, to know your testimony, to become familiar with the method of sharing the gospel, to be prepared so that when opportunities come, you are ready to share. But we also are seeing in these passages the opportunity and the charge to be sober-minded for the sake of our prayers. Because prayer is powerful. Prayer is the beginning work of evangelism. And prayer moves people's hearts towards repentance. So we are we see that important tie between being sober-minded for the sake of our prayers. But we're also told to be sober-minded, to be watchful, because our adversary is seeking us. And not only wanting us to be distracted from opportunities, but also to be feasting on non-eternal thoughts, on anxieties, on on fears, and really on lies. 1 Peter also goes on to tell us to be holy and to remember that you are ransomed from your former way of living and ends by telling us to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So in this passage, we see the beautiful connection between having a mind that's ready and a heart that's eager to love. So this leads us to rhythm two, which is setting our mind on eternal things so that we can see eternal opportunities. I truly believe that this may be one of the most important parts of us being intentional. Our minds can be on everything, on the dishes, the to-do list, picking up the kids from school, the meeting tomorrow at work, the grocery list. We are so focused on so many things that we are very rarely setting our minds on things above. And a big part of setting our mind on things above, as Colossians 3.2 tells us, is pausing throughout the day to gain the clarity of mind. Think about that sober-mindedness. To be able to see the opportunities God is putting before us. To think about what He might be doing in our midst. If we're ever going to have Ethiopian eunuch moments or maybe women at the well moments, moments where we are encountering people along the way as we're going to the grocery store and as we're doing our errands, we must intentionally weave space in our minds, space in our minds to pray, to have the words ready to share, to be expecting opportunities around us in our normal routine, to ask our neighbors hard questions and to spend time thinking about our neighbors and praying for their needs and being aware of what they are going through. So let me ask just a few rhetorical questions. Do you know how to pray for your neighbors? Do you know what their deepest needs are right now? Do you even know how to pray for them? Do you know their birthdays or their fears or even their names? Part of being sober-minded is being aware of those who are around you those whom God may call you to be a part of his testimony in them. So here's this take, the take action for this routine or this rhythm. I want you to think about three to four places where you spend a lot of time. 
because I want you to think about how to get to know your neighbors. So that's the take action is get to know your neighbors. So think about three or four places where you spend a lot of time. Um, I encourage you to write this down just so that you can see it. Um, for me, <clears throat> it's been my neighborhood, my job, and my favorite restaurant. But it could also be like a park or a gym or something like that. Um, or if you just want to focus on your neighborhood and think about possibly like three different streets. But I want you to think about these places. These are your places of influence. These are places where you are called to bring the light of Christ. Places where you can begin prayer walking. Places where you can be on mission. Next, I want you to write down or think about a few people that you know in each one of these spheres. Now, there may be a few places where you don't know anyone. So one of my places was a favorite restaurant. Um, and I used to know a waitress that worked there. I do not. She moved away. So part of my prayer as I begin to go back into those spheres is, Lord, as, I'm, as I frequent this restaurant, help me to get to know someone else there, someone who may be having questions about you or someone that who I can minister to and love on. So if you, even if you don't know someone in that sphere, write a question mark down if you're writing this down. And if you, you'd rather just start with one person instead of multiple people in a sphere, um, I think then you can leave spaces for new people. But as you begin to get to know people within each one of those spheres, write down specific prayer requests or any information that you might learn about those people. These are the people that we... Um, want to get to know so that we can be a light. Um, so it's actually helpful for me to have a journal or a note on my phone where I can add more information as I learn about people in the sphere because usually it is when I'm on my way somewhere, right? So I'm at the park or I'm walking the dog in the neighborhood and I'm getting to know people. Um, and so it's helpful for me just to write down stuff on a note on on um, on my phone. But I, I do know, and one of the books that we've recommended is The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Um, and in that book, uh, Rosaria Butterfield does an amazing job of just encouraging you to start a journal with your neighbors' names, with their birthdays, with any information that you can that you can begin to pray pray for them about. The more you know about people the easier it is to think about them and to pray for them and to, to really be sober-minded for the sake of sharing the gospel with them. So this leads us to the last part of Mark 12 that we're going to talk about today, and that's loving God with our strength. Our strength. When we think about that, it's our time. It's our energy. And when it comes to loving others as we love ourselves. Loving them with all our strength means creating opportunities, investing in their life, meeting needs. Strength is creating regular rhythms to seek God and to seek the lost. And it's carving out time and strength to invite them into your natural rhythms. And to be honest, I've struggled a lot lately with this one. I've been having some different health issues and between working full time and my one and a half year old toddler, I'm exhausted. And I feel like this is the first area that comes under attack for me. Because when I'm physically exhausted, I don't feel like engaging with others and initiating. When I'm emotionally exhausted, I don't feel like pouring into others. And when I'm spiritually exhausted, I don't feel like speaking truth to others. And so let's be honest, like this is an area 
that we really need to go to the Lord in prayer. And for me, like even in writing this, um, was feeling exhausted and and really asking the Lord to um, be my strength. Um, and this weekend here at this retreat has is a chance for us to be refilled, to be renewed. And I want that for all of us. But I also want to share something with you that I truly believe. Satan tells us that engaging with the loss and our neighbors, especially when we're physically, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted, will leave us more exhausted. Satan tells us, instead of doing those things, to binge watch Netflix. Go have some you time, which you time is super important. Um, And Satan sometimes also uses little things like, you need to clean the kitchen before you can have anyone over. Like, but it's actually engaging with the lost, with our neighbors, with gospel conversations that refills us, that gives us joy, that gives us strength, that renews us. It's being on mission, making disciples, pouring into others that truly gives us joy. The other things, they can actually continue to just drain us. And so that's where our third rhythm comes into place. And that is to carve out time and energy for regular opportunities to invest in relationships with the lost. Be available. Set aside time to engage and invite others in. The world is literally hungry for friendship. People are hurting. People are longing for you to initiate. And I know some of you are saying, hey, Sarah, you're an extrovert. That's easy for you. So my encouragement to you is pair up. Someone like me would love to have someone like you to do this with. Do it with your best friend. You don't have to do this alone. Jesus sent out the disciples two by two and mission works best in community. But I am going to encourage you to initiate in three different ways. And that first way is is prayer walking. We've already talked about it. Um, And to be intentional, schedule it, pencil it in, make it a part of your routine. The other way you can initiate is to host quarterly get-to-know-people events. So these events should be fun in order to build trust with neighbors and specifically people in your spheres. Some ideas are you can invite several people over to join even your faith group. And examples could include things like doing s'mores in your backyard and inviting neighbors or a barbecue or book club, an Easter egg hunt, a Christmas party, or any kind of social event Or you can build trust with people and actually get to know people in your sphere. A lot of people struggle in this one thing. They they, they meet their neighbors, but they don't know how to take it to the next level. And I think it's actually easier than we sometimes make it. I think it's all it is is just a simple invitation to do anything. (laughs) To do something that you enjoy or that they enjoy together. Um, And you're asking them to leave the sphere that you met them in and to really come into your life. And, you know, it isn't weird or awkward to invite one of your neighbors to a Christmas party or even a book club. It's actually probably something that they wish someone would do for them. So it's a great step to take to take the relationship deeper. The third way I'm going to ask you to initiate is after you've prayer walked, after you've gotten to know a few people and maybe had them over just to get to know them a little bit more, then do some more one-on-one invitation type events with those you've gotten to know where you're intending to go deeper. 
These events are where you ask questions, you dig deep into the person's life, you share your testimony, pray with them and understand their needs and struggles. Examples can be, you know, you're walking around the neighborhood, a girl's dinner out, ice cream, or even your own Bible study. Um, And so as you're thinking about these three different ways that you can initiate, once again, the first is to prayer walk. The second is to do maybe just some fun events where you're getting to know people. Um, I would encourage you to do those like maybe just a few times a year where you can invite people that you don't know very well over just to get to know them better. And then the third way is to begin to schedule in um, actual times to, to dig deeper into, into one or two people. And so I want you to actually, for your take action, to, to find a calendar. I want you to commit to and, and to really think through a commitment of, of how you're going to begin to pencil in the prayer walking, the getting to know people events, and the going deeper events. And if you begin to do this, and even if you, like like I said, if you just do it a few times a year, then it will make an amazing impact in just that opportunity to take the relationship deeper with your neighbors and to begin to make it very intentional. And so, um, a couple of other ideas that I wanted to share with you real quick. Um, I think that when you're thinking through these events, it's helpful, especially when you have a calendar in front of you, to plan some of these events around you know, holidays. So, for example, a fun barbecue with neighbors um, around the 4th of July. In October, use trick-or-treat as an opportunity to get to know neighbors. Um, my husband and I have, have even done it to where we um, have put s'mores in the front of our yard, like we've done a little fire pit and had s'mores, and that causes people to linger a little bit longer in your driveway so you can talk to them and get to know them. Um, in November, I've written th- grateful cards, like basically just a card where I've told my neighbors, I'm thankful for you. And I, I sent them a baked good along with that thankful card as an opportunity to just express gratitude and show them that I care. In December this past year, um, several neighbors and I got together and we went Christmas caroling and we even announced it on on Facebook. Hey, we're going to do Christmas caroling. If you want us to come by your house, let us know. And it was amazing how many people wanted us just to come by and sing to them and we weren't even that great. But take advantage of, of opportunities around the holidays where, where people may be lonely and people are longing for that initiation from someone else. So one last thing, as we close, I do want to end looking at Mark 12, verse 31. After we are told to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, we are told The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We also see this same command in Luke chapter 10, when a lawyer was questioning Jesus. After quoting this passage, the the lawyer asked, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus shares the story of the good Samaritan, who on his way to Jericho comes across a man who has been robbed and beaten. And I love that Jesus is sharing this parable in the context of the command, Love your neighbor as yourself. We all know that sharing the gospel with someone is the most loving thing that you can do. But this parable reminds us that this command to love our neighbor as ourself is asking us to share the gospel verbally, but also to love our neighbors holistically. We see the Good Samaritan give of his time, his money, 
emotional support as he had compassion on the man, we see a very holistic way of living out the gospel to those around us. And this is encouraging to me because this command is telling me to love my neighbor, to love them even if they never become a believer. And our love for them is to include sharing the gospel, praying for them, supporting them, and truly in love and deed, just like, like, just like we would love any other family member. So as we leave today, our confidence is still in the Lord doing his work through us. We don't depend on our own heart, our own soul, our own mind, or our own strength to produce the fruit, but rather it's by abiding in him, as it says in John 15, that we are told that when we do abide in him, that we are given a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone, which is what it says in Ezekiel 36, 26. By abiding in him, we have the mind of Christ, which is talked about in 1 Corinthians 2.16. And by abiding in him, we gain his strength in our weakness, which is talked about in 2 Corinthians 12.9-11. So the goal is to love Christ with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and trust that he will then give us his heart, his mind, and his strength to most importantly accomplish his mission. Thank you all so much, and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Faith Women Podcast. We hope you were both encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss an episode. If you're in our area, we'd love to have you join us at Faith Baptist Church in Youngsville on a Sunday or at any of our special events. You can learn more about our ministry online at faithnc.org slash women. See you next month.